Spirits and, and witches. witches. This is Monica. And this is Shauna. And we're your high priestess for this evening. And guess what, Stragglets? It is the beginning of March. So you know what that means. Welcome, Space Daddy Jarrell, filling Hello. us in on planetary happenings. How, yes. how are you, Jarrell? I'm good. I'm great. Thanks. Are we gonna be good for the for the rest of the month? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. Yeah, hope is the key word here. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess we had our one month of unextraordinary. You know what? I think I'm so used to everything being in retrograde that I actually like hated February. I had like I think a lot of people get bad luck around their birthdays, so I did have some bad luck. But also, mm-hmm. just like I felt weird, and a lot of people I know said the same thing. I'm like, I think we're just used to retrogrades and like weird shit now. So when things are yeah. normal, it's like kind of like having sea legs but being on land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, sometimes like just the idea of not having anything going on when everything has been crazy can just be weird, you know? So I totally get that. Um, But yeah, March is definitely going to be a very dynamic month. In a good Um, way or a bad way? uh, I think it really kind of depends on you and where you are in your own personal individual lives um but definitely march is going to be full of a lot of shifting so um i know in the past year there was a lot of me talking about make sure that you plant those seeds for the things that you want make sure that you are you know building the right foundations and you know creating the right boundaries because things really might start getting crazy later well we are now at that point um of when later is starting I feel like everything's always crazy now. I don't know. I feel like the world just shifted at 2020. You're and not kidding. It is. Everything is fucking crazy now. It, it is. Everything's kind of crazy. So I'm just like, you're saying that. I'm like, I feel like that's just the new normal. Like, you know, we all talked in 2020. Hold on. What just happened? Oh. I don't know what this just did. Uh-oh. Just stopped. It didn't just stop. It just totally changed programs. Um, See? Starting already. Oh, well, it looks like it's still recording, so. Okay. All right, let me just mark this. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So, yeah, the the craziest starting. Um, Yeah, I just feel like we all talked about, like, oh, this is the new normal, blah, blah, blah. Well, our new normal is just batshit crazy, and this is... I mean, yeah, I mean, and that that definitely like tracks. There's been a whole lot of crazy, especially in the past two years since Saturn has been in um, Aquarius. But now this month, Saturn is going to be shifting into Pisces, which is which marks like a whole new different kind of energy that's happening. You know, I think I mentioned before that, you know, Saturn was in Aquarius and when that happened, basically that was the reign of the pandemic, right? And ironically, like that was a, well, I mean, that was a terrible time for a lot of people just in general, but like ironically, that's the sign that he likes to be in. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> God, <laughs> you know, that's the sign he likes to be in um, Saturn um, a, in, in accordance with, you know, the traditional perspective of astrology rules Aquarius. So he also rules Capricorn is, and is exalted in Libra. So those are the three signs that Saturn really likes to be in. But what does that mean? So when we talk about Saturn being the planet of boundaries, limitations, restrictions, you know, even if you think about, you know, just a person having really good boundaries and, you know, an idea of like where they can place limitations and restrictions, right? If if you're going to do it in the best way possible, you're going to have all your resources available to do that. And when you say no, it's a hard no, right? So in in a way, I think a lot of people 
don't necessarily like that energy when someone is in a place to just be in their place of power and just say no to you right just flat out you know because people don't like that word a lot of times i feel like you know when we want to get stuff done and then someone says no you can't do that it's like what the heck man you know but the thing is when we talk about saturn like and that's his job is to say no and to place those restrictions um that aquarius is one of the best places that he can do that do you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah so so um great for him not necessarily for us but then what happens when he's in a sign that he doesn't like right so the signs he doesn't particularly care for or like being in would be like cancer leo or aries um those are signs that um saturn does not like to be in and it's not to say that he's not going to still fulfill his job you know, of placing those boundaries and limitations. He's just going to do it in a way that is unnatural for him. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, for example, cancer is a very forward-moving but very nurturing sign. How are you going to be saying no to somebody when you just want to spoil them anyway? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a different kind of energy that he now has to, like, wrestle with. So, but... When it comes down to saying no, this is like a hard lesson and it's a hard wisdom that we all have to learn at some point for ourselves. When is it the right time to say no and when is it appropriate? And his time in Aquarius was to literally give us the hard example of this is how you do it. And he literally, you know, that whole energy of the pandemic was just like no, no, no everywhere. And so it's like now we have the living example. Do you see what I'm saying? So, but now he's going into Pisces and he's not necessarily like, um, he doesn't hate that sign. He doesn't love that sign. He's whatever in that sign. Uh, but Pisces is a sign that is very free flowing and intuitive. And it's a sign that uses a lot of emotional reasoning. For example, if it feels right, then it is right. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you start placing boundaries around what feels right intuitively, it teaches us a different side of Saturn. You know what I mean? I mean, I can see how that might be challenging, Mm -hmm. but it also sounds probably good because I feel like when you're really emotional and intuitive and that's what you've used for your logic and reasoning, Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like boundaries probably get cast to the wayside a lot. Yeah. So this, I think if you roll with it, could actually be very beneficial. Yes, absolutely. And it also kind of depends on all of you at home, like where Saturn places in, you know, your own personal chart. You know, if, you know, um, you're looking at your chart and, for example, Pisces is aligned with your fourth house you know, what feels right to say no to is going to be hitting the topics of home and family. You know, what feels right to say no to if it's hitting your um, 10th house will be uh, directed toward uh, career goals or just career job in general. You know what I mean? So it really kind of depends on everyone individually where that's going to hit and where you're going to, you know, deep dive into your lesson with that sign. All right. Well, hold on to your butts, guys. It's going to be a... a Interesting two and a half years. Oh, oh, man. Two and a half years. Well, yeah, because when Saturn's one of the slower-moving planets, and for him to ingress uh, from um, sign to sign, it takes him about two and a half years. So he's going to be in Pisces for for that long. You know, I don't know. I'm all for it. I feel like... I feel like boundaries are really good, and I think that more people need them, so... Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think Saturn is, like, one of the um, the best teachers in um, the, sky. the sky. In the sky. <laughs> the sky, sky. Yeah. Uh, You know, he, as a slower-moving planet, you know, just like Jupiter, you know, things will come about slower with their actions, um, especially in regards to terrestrial events, you know, because if we say like as above, so below as it is in the sky, so shall it be on earth. Right. So like the events that take place here on earth, um, the shifting starts in the stars and then we see it way later. But the thing is with the slower moving planets, Jupiter and Saturn, um, if we learn the lesson right, then 
it's for a lifetime that we have that wisdom you know what i mean so that's good yeah no it's absolutely good so i i don't want people to be scared of anything that happens with saturn saturn is just the tough love teacher you know so but anyway (laughs) moving forward moving forward um should we, should we just go ahead and get into March? I guess so, right? Yeah, okay, let's so just dive in. Let's just dive in. So I think um, I mentioned just so when we started, this is going to be a very dynamic month. Um, there is a lot of shifting and turning in energies this month. Um, like almost every other day has something big happening and it is crazy. Now, how much we will feel the effects of all of that crazy i don't know sometimes i feel like when too much happens like all at once it's hard to like really stand back and peel yourself away from all of that dynamism happening to really like notice how it's affecting you sometimes but like um there's a lot of things that are going to be shifting this month for example (laughs) just right off right off the bat right out of the gate um between the first and the second of march we have our first big uh celestial event which is venus and jupiter conjoining in the sky in aries and that's that's like a really really big energy um you have the two benefic planets venus and jupiter joining forces in the sky and they're the ones that say yes to everything you know like jupiter always wants to like you know spread you know good luck and fortune um and expanding that fortune into your life and venus is all about you know making things easy and harmonious you know what i mean so they're joining forces right off the gate uh, or right out of the gate and uh, on the first, and that's that's I think a good thing. It's the beginning of good fortune, right? So the month starts off with something really good, and I think that is a precursor. If we work with that energy just right, um, everything else that gets crazy in the month could follow suit. You know what I mean? But it it kind of goes back to that idea. Don't uh, remember where you came from, right? Like, remember who you are. And if this is the energy you want to start with, like, you know, all the harmony and the good luck, good fortune and stuff like that, that is basically what starts March. You know what I mean? Awesome. That's how I want to start the month. Yeah. So I guess if we can just, like, I guess you said as, like, our happy thought, Mm -hmm. right, to carry us through, like, the rest of the month, which seems interesting. Right. Right. Yeah, which seems interesting. And, like, literally, like, within this... uh, just the next day the next thing we get is a conjunction between mercury and saturn and at this point saturn is still in aquarius but this is like one of the last times saturn will do anything big in aquarius um so basically with a conjunction with mercury all of the things that you wanted to express as far as like a boundary limitation or things that needed to be expressed to you might occur on that day so keep in mind with what we started where do, where do you want to go and where do you want to see you know harmony and fortune in your life and then next day lay it down if i want this then this needs to be a boundary if i want this to happen in my life then this is where we put limits on what you can't do or what i can't do you know what i mean so that's how we kind of lean into that energy like know that the seed has been planted and now we have to start reinforcing uh what is actually practical to achieve that i like that do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so and I think that that can be super, super cool. I mean, a lot of times I think people will see like um, Mercury conjoining with Saturn and then it's just someone waving their finger at you saying like, no, you can't do that. You know, treating you like a kid almost. You know what I mean? Because uh, that, that really is the kind of energy. But what if you're the person wagging your finger? Mm-hmm. You know, take that power energetically within yourself, embody it and make your stuff happen. You know what I mean? But you, you have to have those boundaries if you're going to have good stuff, right? Because when you have boundaries set in place, then essentially you make yourself free. 
I love that. Um, I'm going to interrupt just real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys are listening at home and you're like, what the hell is that noise? That is my pug Dahmer uh, using his squeaky toy to voice that he agrees with what Space Daddy is saying. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I apologize, but yeah. <laughs> We just have some some uh, familiar flair to the episode. <laughs> yes, there's no taking the toy away from him. So. Absolutely yeah. not. That is illegal. Yes, <laughs> not gonna happen, guys. And then, so the crazy thing is, um, so the the Venus and Jupiter conjunction happens on the first. The Mercury and Saturn conjunction happens on the second, and literally hours of that conjunction that same day. Mars is going to, sorry, not Mars, Mercury is going to go into Pisces. So he's going to ingress into Pisces, and this is a sign that Mercury hates. Oh, great. Um, if Mercury is a domicile um, or he's at home and is also exalted in Virgo, then the axis point of Virgo, the polar opposite of Virgo, is Pisces. So this is a place where Mercury is in detriment and in fall. Okay, and um, it, it's it's a double whammy, and uh, Mercury is the only planet that's like that, where he has an exaltation and a domicile in the same sign. And so, uh, one thing, and we talked about this in my astrology class, but you know, for any of you that have um, a placement in your natal chart with Mercury in Pisces, that does not mean that you're going to suck at communication. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. Uh, because remember, that's what Mercury's job is. His job is to communicate and to express, you know, what you feel and what you think and what you know, you know. And um, Mercury in that sign is just going to do his job in a different way. Uh, because, you know, Mercury, I mean, he rules Virgo and Gemini, which are very logically minded signs. And, you know, if the sense is um you know that makes sense (laughs) then it's right right but then again pisces is that sign that is very much if it feels right then it is right right so how does mercury navigate that kind of reasoning and it, it is a lot different um but with that being said, if you do have that placement in your natal chart, just Mercury and Pisces, uh, it just means that you're going to be a very expressive type of person, probably very creative in the way that you express your emotions. There's some very famous people who have that placement. For example, Maya Angelou, Kurt Cobain. There's a lot of really amazing singers, songwriters, and actors who have that placement, and that is how it carries forth in their everyday expression. It's just the way that they communicate. They can communicate in such a way that, you know, when they feel something, you know it, you know? Right. Even if it is an act, you know? So um, if you do have that placement, know that just because Mercury is in detriment and in fall, that does not mean that you're going to be a horrible communicator. It just it's a different way that Mercury isn't used to communicating, right? Mm. Mm. But with that being said, Mercury is ingressing into Pisces. So what does that mean for everybody? Well, what that could mean is... (laughs) Yeah, what that could mean is uh, we have to start approaching communication from a different type of energy that is a lot more intuitive and free-flowing. And that might even be the experience, you know. So, And I'm not going to say it's going to feel super retrograde-y, like, you know, we're going to have communication or technology mishaps or anything like that. But there might be that energy of when you say something, things getting lost in translation, you know, Um, because the expression of what you need to communicate um, needs to be felt and it needs to be more intuitive when he's in that sign. So that's, that's a big thing that's happening. And can you believe I've talked all this much and this is just the first two days. All right. So, so yeah, and that's, that's a, that's, pretty interesting way of like looking at things moving forward um so 
there, there really is so, so much, and this could be easily like a three-hour episode, but we're not trying to do that. So I'm going to try to skip to as many main points as I can. Uh, the next big thing that we have coming up uh, happens on March 7th, and this is the full moon. Woo-hoo. Yeah, so full moon is going to be in Virgo, um, 16 degrees Virgo, and it's going to hit around 4.40 a.m., um, and that's just the exact time of it. So basically that night or the night before, you will see it probably like in its full state, the moon. Um, and so you'll still definitely be able to work with that energy, even though the exact point of fullness is at four in the morning, four forty in the morning. I mean, there's times mm-hmm. that I look at it and it's like that it the timing is like during the day. Yeah. And I mean, I'm like, well, we're witches, isn't it? Basically, like the thought that counts. Yeah. No, <laughs> and it, it it definitely is. You can still work with the uh with the moon when it's in its fullest. It's just when I give you the time, that's the exact point that it's at its fullest right Mm -hmm. but i think even there are a lot of people a lot of witchy people who in their practice they say that there's like a three-day rule like you have you know one two three is the day of its fullest and then two one you know what i mean so you have like i was initially taught that as well and so it is something that um I tell myself to make myself feel better when I <laughs> when I miss the full moon or something. But um, I was talking to someone about it, um, this high priestess, and she was like, you know, I was taught that too. But she's like, now that like I have this big coven and I have to try and schedule everyone, I think it's just like to make you feel better when you're trying to work with the coven schedule. Yeah. And I'm like, that also makes that sense. That also makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but, you know, the energy is still there, you know, when the moon enters one of those eight phases, you know, the like the the waxing crescent to the first quarter to the gibbous moon to the full moon, so on and so forth. You know, I mean, she's basically going to be at that quote unquote ripeness for like a few days before you can really start seeing her go into the next phase, you know, Mm -hmm. so. um. Yeah, but anyway, so this is a full moon in Virgo, and um, the the moon, um, I think she likes Virgo. She's not exalted or a domicile there, but it's an energy she could definitely work with. Uh, Virgo is a sign that is very practical, very, very practical sign and can see the, the devil in the details, so mm. to speak, right? And... Um, with the moon in Virgo, because uh, Virgo is also a very flexible sign, like it's a very adaptable sign, it's really good at looking at details and seeing what all the options are for any case scenario before other people do. You know what I mean? Hmm. That's kind of the energy of Virgo. It's very analytical, right? So I think it comes... um with great timing that, you know, after just the first two days of March, we enter a full moon in Virgo where, you know, the moon is in opposition to the sun in, um, in Pisces. And, uh, that energy of two luminaries shining their light on any particular situation and being able to reflect on it, being able to act on it, being able to manifest on whatever that is, especially in your life, you know, with the moon being in Virgo, she'll be able to really detect and analyze like what is the key energy here? Where are all of the shadows and where are all the pitfalls? You know what I mean? So it's a very analyzing energy um, that I think could be used to your advantage, especially with a month ahead that is going to be so dynamic being able to track energy where it could really lead you astray from your path you know this could be a great full moon to work with for clarity you know what i mean so if you're doing magic that's kind of what i would recommend do like um I don't know, what, what, what do we call that? The yellow jacket? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, candle or something like that. Like like a truth candle, clarity candle. like, And not necessarily to find, you know, what is wrong with a person or a situation, but really to kind of act almost like a lighthouse 
to light the way for the ship that you're steering, you know what I mean? But also to show you where the edge of the rocky parts of the beach are, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I would say probably clarity, magic, light, lighting, magic um, would be good with this particular. Would you think that would also kind of go towards like intuition? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially because the sun at this point is still in Pisces and we're still in Pisces land right so it's all about being able to lean into our intuition being able to lean into our psychicness being able to lean into you know how flexible we can be in a moment you know Um, because that's the thing about the mutable signs is they have this air of spontaneity around them they can switch at any point um, for whatever's appropriate in that moment you know what I mean Um, it's it's a skill set of shape-shifting I think that is innate with the mutable signs right you know what I mean and um I think that's super cool and I think this is a really awesome full moon I mean I think all the full moons are really awesome but they're all awesome in their own unique way way. Mm -hmm. um but I think with how everything is lined up you know astrologically like I think it's very fitting that this kind of a moon is coming up at this time you know it's 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 almost like this was the trajectory of everyone's destiny, like falling into the grand scheme of the plan. <laughs> you know? Um, so so that is happening on the 7th, um, the full moon in Virgo. Um, and then coming up are a whole bunch of different mundane transits uh, that I'm not going to particularly get into, but on the 15th of March, anyone know what pseudo holiday that is? Ides of March. The Ides of March, which is, if you don't know, this is international. Let's stab Caesar in the back day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I feel like has become more and more popular recently over the last couple of years. Like, I feel like I'm hearing a lot more about it now. Yeah. And, you know, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, that. It's a very specific energy and, you know, just the the Ides of March, it sounds so foreboding. And I think that's kind of where our society has, like, taken that expression. But honestly, the Ides happen in every month. Ides really just means the exact middle of the month. So it's always the 15th of every month. So, for example, if we were in August, the Ides of August would be the 15th of August, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um but yeah, the the Ides of March, the 15th of March, we have um, another really big conjunction. There's a lot of conjunctions this month. And mm. just a, a little bit of a tangent, the, the whole idea behind why conjunctions between planets are so big um, is because they're very neutral and they can go either way and it just kind of depends on where you are in your life energetically because what we have are two planets that are coming into exact alignment and so you have two different expressions of active energy that are meeting forces and in this particular case on the Ides of March we have the Sun and Neptune joining forces so it's the idea of you know where where you in your life identify with your destiny that's the sun and then you have neptune which is all about you know the deepest reaches of your soul you know your everything that includes your dreams, dreams your hopes, yeah. your um, psychicness, you know, like um, all of that, you know, and those are coming together. So this is a big um, daydreamer day. You know what I mean? So all the things that you ever dreamed and hoped for, they might seem possible on this day. And those dreams and hopes will feel big bigger than you than you probably thought well anyway that's the energy right you know on a yeah oh i thought you were gonna say something (laughs) um you know it, it it might feel like that day there's this energy of like wow anything that i put my mind to it's actually possible you know everything from the small things to the big things right but beware the ides of march yeah Um, definitely sounds like a time to uh 
maybe do some manifestation work, but be grounded. I feel like it's but a big grounding be, day. Yeah, it is. The, the energy that day is all about living in the clouds and like your own personal reality, you know, in the dream state. But everything else that is happening around that day and in the next couple days is like, bam, this is not right. Bam, this is not right. Bam, this is not right. And by the not rights, what I mean is as the sun is conjoining with Neptune, uh, there is going to be a point when Mercury is going to conjoin with Neptune too. So all the things that you want to communicate, communicate and express are going to have that dreamy quality. It might be like, um, I don't know what you're talking about. That sounds crazy. You might get a lot of that. In like, sounds like a uh, really good time for anyone that's a poet though or a yes, writer. Absolutely. Like, if you're a poet, like you're a writer. That's that's the type of. Shine. Exactly. That's a type of energy you want to lean lean into. Is like expressive you know communication you know like exactly like poetry or if you're a writer um you know get all those ideas down on paper you know it i don't know that necessarily it's the right time to like pitch an idea to like a producer but <laughs> but the energy is definitely there if there's I would like say it's a, the time to create because it's like a kind time of to create what exactly. you're talking about with communication people are mm-hmm. just gonna think you're nuts it's not the time to try right. and pitch anything it's the time to i think go into the dreamscape and create to create and co-create yeah exactly and but you know what else is also going to be happening is the sun is also going to be squaring mars um venus is also going to be squaring pluto you know and the thing is when when we say that on that particular day like the sun is squaring mars it's not just the sun because remember they're all conjoined right Mm. so it's actually mercury the sun and neptune squaring mars and that's a lot of that's a lot of a lot that is a, a lot because Mars remembers that planet of action, the things that you prioritize, you know, the things that you put action into and initiate. And um, when there's a square, that is the roadblock, you know, so it even though the energy is there for being creative, Mars is going to be like, um, and no, here's a block, figure your way around it. You know what I mean? So it it forces you to almost be even more creative because there's the initial idea and then there's the square or the roadblock of how do I get this idea across and make it make sense to a lot of people. I'm trying to think of like a magical recommendation that might be good for that. And the first thing that kind of came to my mind, especially if it's like a creative block or you're yeah. having writer's block, would be Blue Appetite. That's a oh, really that, good stone yeah. for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of something for like... Rutilated Quartz could be good for that as well. And so can um, probably Snowflake Obsidian. Yeah, also, um, I'm kind of thinking lapis lazuli too. I guess oh, I'm yeah, feeling the yeah, blue yeah. stones, like things for like communication mm-hmm, too. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, those are. Oh, you know what actually would be really good uh, is fluorite for clarity. Oh, I like and, that and mental focus. You know, that could be a good one too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so so that 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 is uh, the the beware <laughs> discretion okay. there. Uh, is Mars uh, squaring all of that. So even though the energy is ripe to be creative, there is going to be that blockage um, with all of that. And then at the same time, I know I briefly mentioned this too, but another big thing that's happening around that time as well is, you know, Venus squaring Pluto, right? So when we think about... um, you know, all the things that we want to create ease and harmony around, especially the things that we love or the things that we want to magnetize and draw to us, you know. Uh, then you have Pluto squaring Venus and saying, um, okay, I see your desire. I'll play into that. But here's a crisis, too. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, the more that I hear different things about the planets over the last few years, I feel like they're like, 
your bitchy grandma because everyone has a mean grandma right like almost yeah. everyone i know has a mean grandma right that's just an asshole just because and i feel like that's the planet they're just all like our mean grandmas <laughs> oh my gosh like all the planets it's it's really just one big family soap opera it really is, is is really what it is you know and it's like all of them have this like very specific archetype you know it's like you have mercury who's like you know the brother but the geeky dorky brother that's <laughs> you know what i mean and then you have like the moon who is like the maternal like force in like the whole show you know and then you have venus who is like you know she's the one that wants to bring everyone together and make things fun and make things a party but it doesn't always work out you know like for <laughs> her uh <laughs> we we know these characters in sitcoms right yeah so if right? you kind of like i mean that is actually a really interesting way of looking at astrology is looking at it as like one big huge sitcom or soap opera and like how are they all going to be inter interrelating you know on a day-to-day basis you know there's going to be a different theme and then they're all going to play into that theme in their own way, you know, uh, especially depending on the sign that they're in. Because remember, astrology is about the planets first and foremost. And then the signs that they're in just tell you the kind of mood that they're in, like how they're going to behave. You know, like the moon, for example, in Leo is basically a different kind of mood versus when she's in Cancer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's it's like like just as people we all have our different moods you know and we can't deny that you know like and sometimes our mood or our moods are spurred by you know just certain things that are happening or this person did that and now i'm in this mood or you know what i mean so it's it's all interconnected in that way but yeah it's an interesting observation for sure um so that is the energy around the ides of march Yay. Yay. So, yeah. And then another crazy thing, like literally two days later on the 17th. (laughs) Man, that was all one fucking day. I know. That was all one day. Yeah. There's a lot of things. And the thing is, like, in between these days, there's like a whole lot of other things to it. Like I said, it's a very dynamic month. So if every day feels like it's crazy, it's you're probably right. Like, <laughs> um, th- there's a lot of stuff I'm skipping over because we just we can't get to all of it. Right, right. Um, but literally the next day on the 17th or two days later, I should say, from the Ides of March, uh, we have Mercury going into that conjunction with Pisces. Um, and uh, well, actually, I said that 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 was kind of part of like the 15th, right? I just kind of lumped all of that together. But the reason why I'm pointing that out specifically is because there is going to be that Kazemi, right? Anytime um, you have any planet conjoining with the sun, you have the potential of a Kazemi, right? And Kazemi um, comes from uh, a, a root word in Arabic, I believe, that means to be in the heart of the sun, and when any planet enters the heart of the sun, it's almost like whatever job that planet had, it becomes super activated, you know? So, like, the fullest, you know, expression of what you wanted to communicate could happen that day. You know what I mean? Like, everything that you needed to say, everyone gets it. It's all right, you know? It's like, when we have a Venus Kazemi, like, those are really magical days. When we have... Jupiter Kazemis, those are really magical days. And every time we have a moon Kazemi, a lunar Kazemi, what do we have? It's a new moon. (laughs) You know, so, and that's, that's why those are always ripe for like new beginnings is because that literal point of when it, something goes exact specifically with the sun, it's a Kazemi. And so, you know, even though we're in Ides of March territory, there is going to be a specific point when, on the 17th when Mercury is going to have that moment to be in the heart of the sun, right? So that's on, happening on the 17th. All right, so flash-forwarding, um, we're also going to, um, a few days later, on the 21st, uh, we're going to have the other Kazemi I just mentioned, the new moon. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is going to be a very interesting new moon. Uh, it's a new moon in Aries. Okay, 
So, and the reason why this is interesting is because this is, um, it's interesting actually for the month of April because the next time we have a new moon, it's also going to be in Aries. So there's going to be two new moons in Aries in a row, and that is really uncommon. Is um, there a name for that? Kind of like we have like blue moons and black it, moons. It's it. The closest thing would be actually a, a black moon. Yeah, but okay. I think because um, a black moon, the 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 uh, the definition for a black moon is actually the same as a blue moon. It's just blue moons are like the extra full moon in a month and then a black moon is the extra new moon in a full in in, in or not sorry not in a month but in a season so when you're looking at a whole season like let's say the whole season of spring whatever we have an extra of that becomes designated as the blue or the black moon does that make sense so mm-hmm. i think i don't know um they're saying that the extra or the fourth moon new moon in the spring is going to be the one in Taurus. So that's what they're designating as the black moon. But technically we're having two new moons in Aries Um, or there's going to be a second one coming up. But the reason why I'm saying that this one is very interesting is because this new moon happens on the 21st. What day is that? The spring equinox. That is the spring equinox. Yeah, equinox. Um, you know, this is also the first day of Aries. So this is what propels us into this new initiating area, uh, era, you know, or phase in life. <laughs> it's the spring, right? So how crazy is it that we started off this month with you know, like that really wonderful, good fortune, easy energy. And then now we are hitting a phase halfway through or a little more than halfway through. And now it's spring. So this is the time that once you've planted that seed at the very beginning on the first, you can start springing into action with everything. And it's conjoined with that new moon energy, which is about new beginnings. You know, the moon in Aries is really fun because it's ultra dynamic it's about really cutting through and pushing for what you want you know what i mean it's it's such um a cool energy you know it's it's a it's a way of not forcing your way to toward what you want but it's like more about parting the ways so that the road is clear for the things that you want you know it's that kind of energy and I, I just think that's really cool. So if you're working a new moon ritual or spell crafting, it would really be about like, think about what you wanted to push for at the beginning of this month, or even just any hope or dream that you creatively, you know, came up with during the Ides of March, right? Hey, that actually sounds kind of fun. Yeah. So everything plays into each other in this month. So that's why I say like it's it's a very dynamic month. So if you know the whole month is very dynamic, but it all everything leads up to each other. And if you can lean into the through line of those themes, because what has this whole month been about? It's been about forging ahead and trying to create something good for yourself. You know and. I like that. Creating the new shifts and the new dynamics that you want. But with anything new, something else has to end, right? Right. So this is really about, like, going back to those themes that we've been talking about before in the previous months, right? Really take a good hard look at your life and see what's not working because March is the time to really start pushing forward and making the new and better version of whatever it is you want in your life the new you the new job the new you know home life you know what that kind of sounds like to me is um i feel like there's been a lot of talk over the last few astrology episodes Mm -hmm. about shadow work yes and that like really deep inspection of self um and I feel like if you've done that, this kind of sounds more like the payday kind of thing. Because yeah. this is your opportunity to like, instead of like, you know, for lack of a better term, like picking yourself apart, you know, you have the Ides of March to like 
dream about you know the positive that can come out of this now that you've kind of done that work and then it sounds like the rest of the month opens up that door to actually initiate it exactly and that's and actually i love that you know this is the month that the door opens but you still have to be prepared to walk through it you know what i mean and that can be really scary to start anything new you know what I mean? Because it means you have to leave something behind. And sometimes the things we leave behind are things we're really comfortable with, even if they're toxic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but this is basically the 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 door opening month and a lot of things are going to start shifting. Will it be as crazy as I'm probably projecting? Maybe not. But the beginning of something is always very, it's not always clear, you know, what it looks like until you get into it. You know what I mean? It's scary sometimes. It's, and it's very scary sometimes. It's right. And you know, the thing is, it's like when you have a lot of shifting and changing happening, especially all at once, sometimes you can't see it be- because you're in the middle of it. Right. But you know, it's happening and you just have to trust that you're doing things right and making those good life choices, you know, because it's not going to be apparent. I think this is definitely going to be one of those months where a lot of chaos might ensue especially around us, but as long as we hold true to what we stand for as individuals, then once we walk through that door, we'll really see where we're at and like how where we how well we fared with, you know, our shadow work and all that previous backlog of work that we had to do on ourselves, you know? So but this this new moon um, on the twenty first happens at um, <laughs> this is in the morning, uh, ten twenty three in the morning. Um, but you know, like I said before, that's just when it goes exact. It's <laughs> uh, either way. If you look up in the sky, you're not going to see the moon. You can never see a new moon. You know? right. <laughs> so, like, you're not missing anything. You're, you're not missing anything what anyway. You're supposed to miss. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that that is the energy that day, and the reason why I think this particular new moon in Aries is interesting is because and this is kind of a little bit of foreshadowing for April okay but when we get the new moon in April again that time there's going to be an eclipse Mm. so there is yeah it's going to be a solar eclipse um and and You know how in the past year and a half when we've been having eclipses, because remember there's always an eclipse season, you know, when you have one, one eclipse, there's going to be another one two weeks later. It's like one is going to be a solar eclipse and then the other one's going to be a lunar eclipse. Well, this time around, um, in the past year and a half, every, the eclipse axis has been between, um, Scorpio and Taurus, right? it's going to shift into Aries and Libra, the eclipses. So this is going to be our first eclipse in Aries that we've had in like years. So the dynamic of the eclipses are going to change and it's happening on the second new moon of Aries. That's interesting. Right? And it's going to be in Aries, yeah. Mm. So so what, what I'm kind of getting a feel for is because we're having two new moons in Aries, whatever you start with with this one, the next one, because it's actually going to be an eclipse, um, <laughs> if you didn't do it right, you'll find out how wrong you were <laughs> the next time around. Great. You know what I mean? It's kind of you know how what? I feel. I'm so. going to just put a silver lining <laughs> on all of that. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. Um, so. And this is not with any astrological education because, hi, I hate space. But I'm just going to say instead, I'm going to say, you know what? It's so nice. I did it twice. Yeah. 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 I, you know, that is a great silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. So we're, we're almost through the month. Okay. So. <laughs> Uh, that's the new moon. And then, um, let's see. Uh, and then, um, oh yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you know, we have the sun going into Aries, you know, that day as well. So, uh, happy Ostara (laughs) for the 21st. Uh, technically it goes into Aries on the 20th, but it's going to be late in the night, you know, so... Um, but we always have perceived Ostara as being the 21st, right? 
Um, but we have the sun entering Aries, and this is the new cycle. This is the new zodiacal cycle. The you know the uh, when Pisces ends, the astrological new year begins. You know, it always begins with spring. You know, and I think um, even back in the day in Roman times, like the Roman New Year was in March, wasn't it? Like it started with. Um, the, the spring equinox because um when you think about it september you know it for us it's like the ninth month in the year but sept means seven right so when you count seven from the beginning of spring you get september right so um but yeah so this in very many ways is like a new year it's like a new beginning and things are starting fresh with the flowers blooming and the season and the weather changing and you know um so so yeah that's that's always i think a great initiating um energy and i think it's rightfully so that this is mars season as well because aries being ruled by mars is about you know we don't think of the spring and we think of mars you know like that's kind of like a weird <laughs> right? Parallel, right yeah but it's really more the more about the initiating action idea you know it's like when when mars springs into action like mm-hmm. what i did there when he springs, springs. <laughs> into action you know it's really more about cutting the way forward for new beginnings and stuff like that and you have to have a fiery energy to do it because the the last energy we had was winter and you have to break through the ice to spring forward into growth and so yeah. you need almost like a very forceful, not necessarily violent, but very forceful energy to do that. And that's why this this whole new season starts with Mars energy, you know. But it's, I would say, probably like the more um, constructive aspect of Mars, <laughs> you know, like not necessarily the, the aggressive, manic, <laughs> berserker <laughs> energy that Mars can also have, you know. Well, I'm glad he's trying to play nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, okay, rounding off the month, um, on the 23rd, two days later, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> we have another really, now this one is huge. This is like once in a lifetime huge. Um, we have Pluto ingressing into Aquarius. Okay, so I don't even know what that means, but I'm just going to say I'm really tired of living through once-in-a-lifetime shit. Okay? <laughs> like, every time someone says that, it's never anything good. I'm tired uh, of it, so I'm just I'm going to preface whatever it is you're going to say with that. Well, what I mean by once-in-a-lifetime is once this happens, and the thing is we'll have different passes. So Pluto is also another very, 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 very slow-moving planet. Um, (laughs) and when Pluto enters a sign, he stays there roughly for about 20 years. Uh. So basically since, you know, the two early 2000s, he went into Capricorn, you know what I mean? And I think the day that, you know, he did a whole bunch of crazy things happened, like within his reign there, you know, we had the recession, we had like all of these different changes in the way that we systemize and practically do things, right? Um, I had an astrologer that I worked with at that time and she basically said that all shit that can hit the fan can and will when Pluto is in Capricorn was the way that she put it like she had nothing nice to say about it and she's a pretty like grounded person Mm -hmm. Um, but she was like yeah like the next 20 years are gonna just fucking suck yeah and you know they they did (laughs) they did Um, they, they did it was well it when we look back at the series of events that have taken place, and I mean, any time can have crazy catastrophic crisis, but we had some pretty significant ones that came down to just society as a system, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and how we do things. Right, exactly. And now he, we were going to witness him going into Aquarius. And the last time he was in Aquarius was probably two centuries ago. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that's that's how long it takes for him to get through, like, these signs or have a full cycle right and so you know it's interesting we're talking about this whole energy of pluto being in capricorn and like nothing like really kind of goes well kind of a thing and we really see the cracks in every foundation and then what happens after that 
people want to change. People are done with this old way of like thinking and people want to push forward and move into something new and something that's potentially more sustainable. And that's what the energy of Aquarius brings. And even though that's very hopeful, it sucks when you're in the middle of it, right? Always sucks. You know, the last time we had Pluto and Aquarius, you know what happened? Mm. The French Revolution. So all well, those when revolutions. When Capricorn yeah. was the American Revolution. Yeah. So... Yeah. So, yeah, this is a so we're, crazy we're, time. Yeah, we're going to be entering into a whole new energy, energy, and this is an energy that's going to define like a generation. You know, you can almost look at every generation that exists, and by generation, I mean like you know, like you know, the millennials, the Gen Xers, the Boomers, you know, stuff like that, because. Every time Pluto shifts into a new sign, that's like the beginning of the new generation of peoples. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, he's always been like a marker for for that. Um, so yeah, then the new generation of kids is going to start this month. <laughs> wow. Woohoo! I know. Um, but anyway, that's, that's a big shift. And the thing is, he is going to be going back into Capricorn um, because of retrograde motion. Right. So he's going to peek in for the first time into Aquarius um, for the first time this coming um, uh, or this coming March 23rd. Eventually, when he goes into when Pluto goes into retrograde, he'll revisit Aquarius, <laughs> you know, and those themes and be like, oh, you mean just revisit when you, Capricorn. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Revisit Capricorn. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, he's going to revisit Capricorn. So whatever themes that were never completed. He'll be like, oh, remember this? <laughs> yeah, we're going to finish mm-hmm. that. So if you just get all that stuff done, whatever that is for you, if you have an idea what that might be, just nip it in the bud now because when he revisits during the retrograde, like you won't have to deal with all the crazy again, you know, um, is what I would say. But he's going to go retrograde back into Capricorn and then um, when he goes direct, revis- uh, go back into Aquarius. And I think he's going to have one more pass retrograding back into pa- Capricorn after that. So um, I believe it's either one or two more times. But um, for the most part after that, definitely by 2025, he will be all in Aquarius. Um, so yeah, so this is another new initiating energy. Will anything crazy happen that day? I don't know. I mean, honestly, like he's such a slow moving planet that like this is just the beginning of something and the energy is going to start shifting. I think it's really going to be one of those like we're not really going to see Pluto and Aquarius in, t- in, in its full effect for maybe a couple years when he's really in Aquarius and not retrograding back into Capricorn. But it is one thing to note this is... I feel, and I I could be totally wrong, but um, I feel like if a planet moves really slowly, like like Pluto, Mm -hmm. that its energy does. So I feel like the effects of it um, aren't felt immediately. We have that takes a minute to catch up as well. Right. But it it is pretty big. I mean, like, because, you know, anytime these slower planets enter a sign, it's like, you know, they're going to be there for a really, really long time. Like, so for the next 20 years, he's going to be in Aquarius. And we're not going to see that happen again in our lifetime. That's for sure. You know what I mean? Like, and that's that's an energy we're all going to be carrying for the next 20. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's initiating. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so, um, and then one of the last big things that's happening this month happens on the last, um, uh, on, on I don't want to say last day, but like on the 30th of March, we finally have Mars ingressing into Cancer. Yay! Or maybe not yay. Is that a good thing? It's, I mean, it's actually, it's not, but it's... like a lot of angry tears? You say Mars, I think angry. Yeah. Cancer, <laughs> I think I was crying. Like, it's, it's kind of like bittersweet moment of change because remember how way back when, six months ago, we had Mars ingress into like Gemini and basically got all the way through Gemini and started retrograding all the way back through it and now is going direct through it. So basically, Mars has been in Gemini for the past six and a half months. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very long tenure for Mars to be in any sign. Wow. And he's finally going to move on into a 
different energy and people are like i am so done with this like mars and gemini like you know like super aggression in like every way that you can that's like you know dealing with communication or like anything like that right um it's been really weird dealing with you know people's weird aggressive like things confusion (laughs) Confusion and all of that and so i think a lot of us are really done with that energy and but the thing is it's bittersweet because he's moving into cancer which is where he finds his fall he's not particularly happy in that sign at all at all at all at all because you know when you think of mars we think of a warrior right we think of mars with like a sword and a shield and armor if you put him in cancer you're basically giving him a rolling pin a baby and an apron (laughs) you know you're you're making him experience turning a hoe into a housewife (laughs) yeah basically it's you know and the thing is it's he's still gonna get his job done he's still gonna try to win his battles and wage his wars it's just you know he's gonna have to do it while being nurturing <laughs> you know at the same time which is not a way that he likes to express his uh, himself in his job right but you know with that being said mars in cancer like that might be a good time for mentorship then if yeah you think of like a warrior being nurturing like to yeah. me that means mentorship yeah it can also bring a lot of soccer mom energy you know what I mean? Or tiger mom energy. You know, it could be very much that. Um, I'll be in my element. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it kind of depends also on all of you at home and your own personal charts and how that's really going to express itself. You know, at least what topics in life that's going to present itself. So I usually just say, like, you know, think of that tiger mom energy with how you get things done. Right. But then when you look at your own personal chart or like, you know, your horoscope, like what topics is that going to present itself in? Is it going to be love? Is it going to be career? Oh, if it's love, I don't know if that's a good thing. But like (laughs) tiger mom energy with like, you know, dates. I don't know. But like. (laughs) I think that's like big gold digger energy. Probably. I mean, we're going to turn like tiger mom into that. That's that's what I can see. Yeah. Right. I, but, you know, if that's your MO, you know, like you, you are like the gold digger, then that, that might be a good month. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is basically what rounds off March for us. It's another shift with Mars. <laughs> in, wow. Uh, yeah, his his own. Yeah. It's it's a it's a lot of very interesting dynamics, a lot of changes. But you see what I'm talking about? There's a lot of shifting and changing, a lot of out with the old and into this new energy. And it's like almost every other day there's something new. Almost every day there's something new. This is a very dynamic month. So buckle your seatbelts, everybody. It's gonna be a bumpy night. Uh Yeah. You know what? I just I've decided I don't care anymore. <laughs> I, I don't. I just I feel like everything's all. It's always like this somehow. Like all of the planets are just mean grandmas. Like that's just Aww. how I see it. So I'm like, you know what? I don't give a shit. That's that's where I'm. At. Also, it's space. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. I just you know uh, I'm just waiting for the month where we get all the 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 fun grandmas that spoil you and yeah <laughs> or like nice or then like the fun wine aunt can we get yes. her to come in something <laughs> yeah. this mean grandma shit it reminds me of the the Nirvana song Grandma Take Me Home yeah that's that's where we're at yeah which by the way Kurt Cobain has his Mercury and Pisces yeah that makes sense <laughs> that makes that makes sense yeah. Well, thank you, as always, Space Daddy, for coming and um, sharing all of your wisdom. I realized we didn't share our drinks, um, and I think that's because since we're recording at noon, they aren't very (laughs) exciting. (laughs) I am not a day drinker. (laughs) I feel like day anything is just kind of like a waste. If you day drink or wake and bake, any of that, like I feel like you're just kind of shot for the rest of the day. That's a day in the trash, you know? I mean, every now and then it's fine. If you go out to brunch or something, have some mimosas, you know, that's, yeah. that could be a, a okay thing. Yeah, of course. You know, I'm game for that. Yeah, but it's Monday. We have shit to do. So yeah, yeah, we're drinking yeah. root beer and kombucha. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I didn't even have my caffeine for the day yet, so there you have it. So 
That that's why she's been so quiet all episode. No <laughs> caffeine yet. No caffeine yet. Too busy. <laughs> well, um, Space Daddy, who's your shout out? Oh gosh, uh, I love putting I'm, people on. The I spot know for this. I'm never prepared for this shout out, but I think <laughs> you know, in honor of the astrological New Year, I want to thank, or I want to shout out to 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 you and you. Oh, thank you, so sweet. thank you so much for having me monthly on this show. It's it's it really is an honor to be part of something that's so big. You know, we 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 do this recording like in this little room, but just thinking of the fact that it reaches so many people across the world, like that's that's a really big deal. Fantastic. And you know, I don't even know that I would really would have expanded my presence in this world if it wasn't for you guys. So. Oh, that's thank so you. sweet. Yeah, you've changed my life. Aw, we, we love you. you. We and I'm getting emotional and almost about to cry right You're now. You're not <laughs> supposed to cry yet. Cancer doesn't do anything exciting just yet. Save the tears. <laughs> so. Oh, no, it's it's the Pisces. We, we cry in yes, Pisces, too. Yes, 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 yes. So, drunk. see, we're... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh oh! Well, as if Monica has a prejudice towards Pisces or something. You know what? I kind of do, too. But, you know, I mean, I think, like, I like Scorpios, but the other two water signs I am a little prejudiced towards. I have, like, one Cancer that I like. There might be some other people that are Cancers that I'm just not, that don't pop into my head. But when I think of it, I'm like, eh. Um, Which reminds me of this meme I saw. It said, oh, astrology, you mean birthday racism? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, birthday racism. That's very true, unfortunately. (laughs) Um. Well, thank you, Jarrell. We love you, too. And everyone oh, listening loves you. Nice. We we had to take a break with you for a minute. I think we missed, like, December or something yeah, like that. Yeah, there, there was a lot of crazy for everybody. Yeah, yeah. but um, I think our just our schedules didn't line up, but it was actually really cool. I did have a couple reach out to me and mm. ask, like, is he coming back? Oh, so yeah. just know <laughs> people you love you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. My shout-out is to my friend Oni. Uh, she really cracked me up the other day. So, first of all, she's a really inspiring person. She calls herself a disabled athlete. Um. And she absolutely is. She was blind, I think, until she was, I want to say, 16. I think it could have been longer than that. I don't really remember. But she, with corrective surgery and stuff like that, she does have her eyesight. And she is totally living life to the fullest. And she's just a badass. And it's just really cool. I always love talking to her and seeing what she's up to, (laughs) you know. Um, But it was really cool because one of her things that makes her an athlete is she's a pole dancer. And she was listening to our mother meditation while she was on the pole. Because we did this whole thing. We're like, don't do this while you're driving. Don't do this, blah, 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 blah. So she, like, was cracking up and she had to send me a message. Like, I just want to let you know I was doing it on my pole. I'm like, that is so cool. So she's just, she's a badass. So it's up to you. I want to learn how to do that so bad. Like, that's (laughs) such a beautiful art form. It is. You have to have strong arms. I know. Strong everything. Yeah, I don't have upper body strength neither do i <laughs> i mean you could always just start with like usually the intro classes is just teaching you how to like really sexily like walk around the pole and kind of hump it you know that's i mean that's true okay. yeah so you can always start, and it'll give you an excuse to wear wear like pleasers like the huge stripper heels you know oh my god good place to start <laughs> true true <laughs> My shout out this month is to my daughter because she's having a birthday on the 3rd. And I hope that this year brings her every joy and happiness that she wants and needs. So happy birthday, Desiree. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And happy birthday to all you Pisces and Aries out there too in the month of March. Happy birthday, March babies. Absolutely. All right. Merry meet. Merry part. And and merry meet meet again. again.